All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. What an excellent day for an There is no shortage of monsters to haunt our dreams. You go right on your back having to get you, Barbara. to another episode of Oh the Horror. Today we're going to be doing another list. Uh, so sometimes when you watch a horror movie, you you expect the unexpected, right? I mean, that you should, at least. But sometimes a horror movie just... It makes you say, what the fuck? So here are 13 WTF horror films. Also, let me add, this is not a ranking. So if a film that you like isn't on the list then it'll probably be on the next one. Also, uh, look, if you listen to this and you're like, Rob, none of these, none of these movies shocked me. None of these were WTF movies. Well, man, you've seen too much. You've seen way too much. Anyway, uh, there's going to be spoilers, so continue at your own risk. So without further ado, here are 13 horror films that'll make you say, what the fuck? Number 13. Altered States, 1980, directed by Ken Russell. Written by Patty Shaevsky, starring William Hurt, Blair Brown, and Bob Balaban. The debut film of actor William Hurt, this film tells the story of Edward Jessup, a psychopathologist who decides to combine sensory deprivation research with psychoactive drugs. The result is something that has to be seen to fully comprehend, but in a nutshell, he is able to biologically de-evolve while being transported through space and time via the human consciousness. I think I got that? Anyway, this movie's batshit crazy and contains one of the first, if not the first, use of CGI in a film. Also, fun fact, the character Belial from the Basket Case series uh, was modeled after Edward Jessup's devolved final form. Number 12, City of the Living Dead, 1980, directed by Lucio Fulci, written by Lucio Fulci and Dardano Sacchetti, starring Christopher George, Catriona McColl, and Carlo DeMejo. Has someone ever given you a look, like a piercing look, like this stare that causes your eyes to start to bleed, and then you throw up your entire intestinal tract? No? Okay, has someone ever, I don't know, squeezed the back of your skull until it, like, burst? Also, no? Okay, great. Then prepare yourself for Lucio Fulci's gory masterpiece, City of the Living Dead. In this splatterfest, a reporter and a psychic race to close the gates of hell after a priest commits suicide, which, for some reason, causes the gates to open and the dead to rise. The ending is confusing, to say the least, as the original footage was destroyed and had to be kind of like re-edited and re-filmed, and you can clearly see that it is a WTF ending. Also... It is the first in Lucio Fulci's death trilogy, followed by The Beyond and The House by the Cemetery. Number 11, Beyond the Black Rainbow, 2010, written and directed by Panos Cosmatos, starring Eva Bourne, 
Michael J. Rogers, and Scott Highlands. If you thought Mandy was a strange cosmic journey, then let me introduce you to Panos Cosmatos' first film, Beyond the Black Rainbow. Here you'll follow super creep psychiatrist with a pill problem, Dr. Barry Nile, as he develops a strange fascination with Elena, a heavily sedated telekinetic and telepathic patient who is desperately trying to escape the facility. It's like, it's like an art house student film on psychedelics with extremely long takes uh, and minimum plot. It's, it's great. It is absolutely fascinating. Do I understand what's going on the whole movie? No, no, I don't need to. Because I, I know that there's drugs, and he's searching for the black rainbow, and there's a psychedelic vision where he sees God. It's a very crazy film. Uh, so welcome to the Arborea Institute, a state-of-the-art New Age research facility. Number 10, Evil Dead Trap. 1988, directed by Toshiharu Ikeda, written by Takeshi Ishii, and starring Miyuki Ono, Aya Katsuragi, and Hitomi Kobayashi. Okay, so you know the film Evil Dead. Everyone should, right? But what about Evil Dead Trap? Yeah, it has nothing to do with the Sam Raimi-Bruce Campbell franchise. Instead, this J-Har Giallo, yes, it's a Japanese Giallo film, involves a television crew that is investigating uh, this abandoned factory after receiving a snuff film that seems to have been filmed in that location. I would not investigate it. Maybe you should call the cops, but whatever. Anyway, uh... They don't. It has amazing cinematography, very elaborate kills, and over-the-top gore. That makes it an absolute must-watch. But see, it's the ending that drives this over the edge and completely into WTF territory. Killer telepathic fetus. Yup. Yup. I mean, it's basically a, a Japanese Argento film, complete with batshit crazy ending. Uh, it also is followed by two sequels that decide to scrap the supernatural elements and then just turn it into a generic slasher thriller. Where's the fun in that? Number 9. Terror Vision, 1986. Written and directed by Ted Niccolo. Starring Diane Franklin, Mary Warrenoff, Garrett Graham, and John Grease. Okay, seriously, this cast is pure gold. Like, there's so much talent on the screen, it is, it is mind-blowing. If you know who these actors are, oh, this, this is the movie that you need to see. This, this is fantastic. And if you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. The plot. Stan Putterman installs the Do-It-Yourself 100 satellite TV system, which ends up being the doorway for a trash monster from outer space to get beamed into his television. The creature then attacks the family, which consists of swinger parents, a uh, punk rock daughter, a G.I. Joe-obsessed son, and a war vet grandpa who has a bomb shelter inside the house as his room. Uh, then Medusa gets involved, there's aliens that appear, and that's when things go really off the rails. Also, somehow, 
the kids, they make friends with this alien trash monster, and he's extremely adorable at first. And, like, they, they treat him like a pet, and they train him. And then he gets hungry. Then he gets hungry. How WTF is this film, you know? Um, well, it was pulled from theaters after four days. So maybe that had, you just got to see it. This is a very strange movie that kind of exists in its own world. Like the world of Terror Vision is this very special place. Also, big shout out to whoever did the production design for this film. That house decked out with all of the, uh, uh, the paintings and everything in there, the art and then having the pool and stuff. It is absolutely absurd and ridiculous and everything is, is just you must have had a field day putting all of that together. So you have to see TerraVision. The set decoration alone is a big WTF moment. It's awesome. Number eight, Evil Ed, directed by Anders Jacobson. Written by Anders Jacobson, Goran Lundstrom, and Christopher Olsen. Taking its name as a riff on Sam Raimi's The Evil Dead, Evil Ed tells the story of film editor Ed, who is driven insane and goes on a murder spree after being forced to edit the entire Loose Limbs Splatter franchise. So this film is a satire about the over-the-top censorship by the Swedish Film Bureau, uh, which was eventually dismissed in 2011. This movie doesn't make a whole lot of sense, okay? But it definitely makes for a great showcase of practical effects work. It's basically just a giant middle finger to the Swedish Film Bureau, which censored pretty much all sex and violence. So, I guess a plot can kind of go by the wayside? You know, that seems to be the running theme on this list, but in this case, the loose plot, like the Loose Limbs series, work in Evil Ed's favor. Also, I really appreciate the fact that the filmmakers used early short films and, and some of that early, f the first footage for the films within the film to kind of like test things out and, and have some crazy effects in there. Also, big shout out to Bill Mosley, who is the voice of the Loose Limbs Killer. Number seven, Antiviral, 2012, written and directed by Brandon Cronenberg, starring Caleb Landry Jones, Matt Watts, and Sarah Gaddon. Okay, so we know it's probably a body horror film when it's directed by a Cronenberg, uh, even if that Cronenberg is David's son, Brandon. His debut film does not disappoint. So, in an alternate reality, or I guess a potential near future, fandom consists of paying to be infected by celebrity diseases. So Sid March, an employee of the Lucas Clinic, also sells illegal samples on the black market that he smuggles using his own body. So that's all going great until he decides to smuggle the wrong virus. This movie is insane, all right? It's absolutely insane, and it is not... It is not for the easily squeamish. For example, it is common for people in this film to go out and buy and eat celebrity steaks that are made from celebrity cells like it's it's grown from celebrity tissue and harvested from cells and people buy these steaks and they will eat them so they're eating people it is lab-grown people meat it's insane also let's be real who in the fuck would want to get infected with some celebrities herpes okay shit now that i think about it this could actually happen ah oh, damn it so it's a near future movie 
Number 6. House, 1977. Directed by Nobuhiko Obayashi. Written by Chiho Katsara. Starring Kamiko Ikigama, Miki Jinbo, and Kamiku Oba. Not to be confused with the 1986 film starring William Catt, this 1977 Japanese horror is even more over the top than that film. The story revolves around a girl who takes her six friends with her to her aunt's house, and, and the house just happens to be haunted. So that seems simple enough. But then we find out the character names, which are names like Kung Fu and Fantasy. Kung Fu can fight. Fantasy is, you know, she takes a lot of photos and stuff. Uh, Mac, she likes to eat. Melody likes to sing. Gorgeous is pretty, you get it. It's pretty basic, right? It describes each of their traits. So then they're singing that just happens because Melody is there, but they're singing throughout the film and then people start dying. And for the deaths, it's like the studio got one of those early effects boards, the one that you can just on the fly create like star wipes and all that and, and a bunch of random things. And um, it was like the producers looked at it, realized they spent all of this money on the board and then said to the director that we have to use every effect on it. And they're like, wait, all of them? And he's like, yes, all of them. Because do we have someone getting eaten by a piano effect? Yup. Okay. Uh, how about dancing and singing body parts effects that are just floating around? Oh, you got that too. Okay, cool. Um, well, there's no way that you have a fading head on fire. If, oh, oh shit. So you got all of that because the analog effects board had everything. This movie, this is something to behold. This is a whole, this movie in it, just watch it. Just watch it. Number five, Clown, 2014, directed by John Watts, written by Christopher Ford and John Watts, starring Andy Powers, Laura Allen, and Peter Stormire. Yeah, this film breaks one of horror's golden rules a lot. A lot. Uh, so a man finds a clown costume to wear for his kid's birthday. This is like the first five minutes of the movie. And, but the costume actually contains the soul of a demon and begins to merge with the man and he's unable to remove it so you think you know where this movie is going to go and you know be kind of like a slow burn and go in this psychological transformation route no it does not because this guy is turning into a because this guy is actually turning into a demon because the costume it's not a costume it is the skin and hair of a coin which is like this ancient icelandic demon that that looks like a clown Oh, and uh, the only way for the wearer of this suit to, you know, to get the suit off is to eat five children or get decapitated. All right, let's just say he tries decapitation first because he doesn't want to eat children, right? And it doesn't go well for anyone. Yeah. And then the children eating starts. Yep, there's children eating and a lot of it. So it's like it. But, but succeeding more. Um, so this was John... So, so the director, John Watts, went on to direct uh, Spider-Man Homecoming and Spider-Man Far From Home. Like, literally, right after this movie. And if you've seen Clown, then that in itself is a huge WTF moment. Number four. Rubber, 2010. Written and directed by Quentin Depoe. 
starring Steven Spinella, Jat Plotnick, and Wings Hauser. Have you ever seen a Quentin Dupoe film? I don't know if I pronounced his name properly. Probably not. But have you seen one of his films? All of his movies could fill a WTF list, but his standout happened to be the 2010 killer tire film Rubber. It's about a tire named Robert who becomes sentient, develops psychokinesis, and goes on a murderous rampage. A lot of heads explode. Animals explode. A group of spectators uh, watch this unfold via binoculars, and then they eventually get hungry and eat some roast turkey that's been poisoned. Also, Robert's fallen in love with some girl named Sheila and starts following her around. That's kind of the catalyst. But see, that's when things start to get really weird. This overly meta-unknown horror homage is something to behold. Also, I'm a fan of creative practical effects, and Rubber is full of them. Robert the Tire is a practical effect. That is amazing. So this is a total art house film, but it's a splatter art film. And why does this film exist? No reason. What's the point? None. What is Robert exactly? That's a good question. You're going to have to watch it to find out. Number three, Freaked, 1993, directed by Tom Stern and Alex Winter. Written by Tim Burns, Tom Stern, and Alex Winter. Starring Alex Winter, Megan Ward, and Michael Stoyanoff. Okay, the biggest WTF about this film is that not enough people know about it. So, you know who Alex Winter is by now. He's Bill from the Bill and Ted series. But he also did a lot of stuff on his own, and this was one of them. I think IMDb's logline probably gives the most palatable explanation of this film in a nutshell. So, (laughs) they say, a vain actor, his best friend, and an activist end up in a mutant freak farm run by a weirdo scientist. That is literally as watered down and as boring as you can possibly make this plot sound. Do you like practical creature effects and makeup? Yeah, obviously. Well, at least I do, because that's all I talk about. Do you also like sketch comedy reminiscent of MTV's The State and The Idiot Box? Do you think Alex Winter is an underrated universal treasure? Then this is the movie you never knew you needed, smeared all over you like Zygrot 24. Also, this movie, like with TerrorVision, has one of the greatest ensemble casts ever. Now let's go down this list. You have Alex Winter, Bill S. Preston from the Bill and Ted series. You have Megan Ward from PCU and Arcade fame. You have Michael Stoyanoff, who is the older brother from Blossom. Mr. T, Brooke Shields, John Hawks, William Sadler, Bobcat Goldthwaite, and Randy Quaid in the greatest role of his career as Elijah C. Skuggs. Hands down, the greatest role of his career. It is a fantastic character. Oh, and uh, Keanu Reeves has an uncredited cameo as Ortiz the Dog Boy. And then there's Stewie Gluck, which, look, this movie is just weird and wonderful and amazing, and it deserves to be viewed immediately by everyone forever. Number two, Brain Dead, a.k.a. Dead Alive, 1992, directed by Peter Jackson, written by Stephen Sinclair, Francis Walsh, and Peter Jackson, starring Timothy Balm, Diana Pinaver and Elizabeth Moody. Braindead to most 
Dead Alive to Americans because Braindead was already a film starring Bill Paxton and Bill Pullman. And it's from the director of The Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I mean, who'd have ever thought, but back in the late 80s and early 90s, director Peter Jackson was known mostly as a splatter horror director. Like, what the fuck, man? His stuff was insane and over the top. And this film is the goriest film ever made. Ever made. I mean, honestly, at the end of the day, it's a simple love story about a guy named Lionel who lives with his overbearing mother, who, you know, ha and he happens to meet a girl named Paquita. Then, you know, his mother gets bitten by a Sumerian rat monkey at the zoo and becomes a zombie. Then Lionel becomes a caretaker for his zombie mother, uh, as well as a zombie nurse, uh, a zombie priest, a zombie punk rocker, and a zombie baby. Yes, a zombie baby. Then, the movie ramps up to a thousand as his uncle Les throws a huge party in the house, and the zombies attack. We followed that up with a full 20 minutes of glorious carnage, including the infamous lawnmower scene. I know what weapon I'm choosing if zombies attack. Actually, that seems impractical outside of the context of this film. Huh. Never mind. Anyway, moment number 204 that made me say what the fuck has to be when the punk rock zombie Void punches through the face of an unsuspecting victim and gets his arm stuck. Moment number 85 is with the custard, you know, with the rich and creamy, just the way I like it, made me want to throw up. Or moment number one when you realize that the rat monkey comes from Skull Island. You know what else comes from Skull Island? King Kong. Peter Jackson, going for the long game, huh? Alright, cool, so are we getting a uh, brain-dead King Kong crossover sometime soon? Sumerian rat monkey attacks people and we get Zingaya-infected zombies taking over Skull Island? Yes, please. And number one, Body Melt, 1993. Directed by Philip Brophy. Written by Philip Brophy and Rod Bishop. Starring Ian Smith Andrew Datto, and Gerard Kennedy. This Australian Ozploitation film is something that is, like, on a whole nother level. Originally envisioned as an anthology film, the creators didn't have the budget for the scope imagined, but just like the title suggests, this movie has a lot of bodies that melt and explode violently. So Body Melt is less of a movie and more of an experience. Whereas films like Street Trash and The Stuff had given us some, some crazy gonzo practical melting effects, Body Melt takes that and pumps in like a mega dose of 90s Nickelodeon-esque production design and cinematography. So the film revolves around the residents of Pebbles Court, who are unknowing test subjects for a new variety of dietary supplement pills that arrive for free in their mailboxes. Um, these pills are designed to produce the ultimate healthy human, but they have some unexpected side effects you know, like hallucinations and mutations. So despite a failed attempt from a previous test subject to warn the residents of the effects, the residents end up taking the pills and the results are extreme to say the least. Liquefying flesh, elongated tongues, 
exploding stomachs, exploding penises, imploding heads, uh, tentacles growing out of a face, sentient placentas, and other insanely gruesome mutations. Ultimately, basically, pretty much more and more residents of this court, they mutate and die horrific deaths until, until just about every character is gone. And then there's a subplot about some inbred hillbilly family that exists. It, it's like, it, when you think exploitation films, like Australian horror type stuff, this, this is what I imagine in my, in my mind, because the effects and just how over the top and ridiculous it is, I, I don't know, it, it is just, it is the epitome of exploitation. it is absolutely amazing, I've, I keep coming back to it, I've seen it many times, and, and usually by the end of it, I'm like, why did I watch that, and I just go right back to it, because I'm like, this movie is amazing, and, and that is my list, that is my list, is there anything I missed, do you hate one of my choices, uh, do you wish I had picked something else? Well, then let me know, all right? And and honestly, like, if there's something I see that I'm like, yeah, this is awesome, I'll put it on the next list. And if you look, if you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to, uh, you know, leave a review, share it with your friends, tell people about it. Um, you know, I, I can't do this without listeners like you, so I really appreciate everything. You can find me on my social media handle, Holmes Invasion, or Ho- or Oh The Horror Cast. Uh, you can find the podcast at holmesinvasion.podbean.com or anywhere that you download your podcasts. Anyway, I'm Rob Holmes, and this has been another episode of Oh The Horror. Yeah.